hack into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, folks. What's up? It is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Welcome to episode number 421 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Brian Pete, King Victory, Carrie, Q-Dip, Stone Arrow, James McQuiggan, who's just throttling me in chest. I've basically laid over and showed my belly at this point. People on LinkedIn, people on YouTube, Simply Cyber community members, first-timers and long-timers are all going to be ripping through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry, Protégé 987, we got you covered. Coffee cup cheers to everybody this morning. If you are looking to break into the industry, believe me, you're going to get asked in any job interview, how do you stay current on the industry, the Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is a fantastic answer. Great networking in here. We usually got a couple hundred people. Two minutes in, we got 104 beautiful people all ready to rock and roll on this Wednesday. Plus, it's Worldwide Wednesday, so stay tuned right after the opening read here. We're going to go around the world with a little Daft Punk and show how inclusive and how diverse the Simply Cyber community is. It's one of my favorite activities of the program. Now, remember, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So if you need CPEs, get them up half a day or half a show, two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat. Take a screen cap. Save it off if you need it for auditable evidence in the future. If you're not sure what to say, well, guess what? Let me help you out. Hashtag Team Live. What's up, Ms. Julian? Hashtag Team Live in chat. If you're live with us right now, shout it out. Let us know you're here. Good morning to you. If you're watching on replay, hashtag Team Replay. Giddy up on those CPEs, y'all. And just remember, if you're a lurker, I've had actually a couple people uh, reach out to me. Uh, I reached out to some people to bring them onto the show for a, a guest for Simply Cyber Live. And they're like, oh, I've been a longtime lurker. I said, uh, yeah, Leonardo Nunez. I met with Brady McNulty. Brady McNulty, pharmacist to cyber. Videos on the channel. Brady might even be here, though. He's West Coast, so it's kind of early. Um, yeah, pa hashtag passive observer if you want to take the step into the social networking light uh, and, and get that going. Also, and guys, I got a really soft spot in my heart for this. Hashtag first timer. If this is your first episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief and you're just like, what is going on? Holler at us in chat. Hashtag first timer. 
I do love to welcome first timers. Good morning, Kimberly. Good to see you in chat. All right, guys, really quickly want to remind you about the show's sponsors, and then we're going to get into Worldwide Wednesday. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Eric Taylor and his entire team know that cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know exactly how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They've been there before. They've got the experience. They can make the bad go away. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. If you're actively dealing with a ransomware incident, if you just suffered a business email compromise and you're, you're just feeling beat up, victimized, Eric Taylor is, hey, guess what? Not all heroes wear capes, all right? That's all I'm going to say about Eric Taylor and his team. BarricadeCyber.com. Go check it out in the description. Want to remind everybody about Anti-Siphon Training, a proud sponsor of the channel, and I'm proud to be affiliated with Black Hills Information Security and their Anti-Siphon Training uh, organization. Anti-Siphon Training brings some of the best training in our industry to you at unbelievably affordable prices. They've got on-demand and live training. And when I say unbelievable, I want to point out that their training, their pay-what-you-can training, which is right here on the channel, they have eight specific courses. They probably have like 40 or 50 courses on the channel. But pay-what-you-can courses, they've got a lot of entry-level courses, right? This is introduction to PCI, introduction to SOC, introduction to the industry, right? And then CISP mentorship, getting into there. And then reporting for pen testers. You know, pen testing is wicked cool. Getting, you know, lead hacksaws, popping shells, you know, domain admin creds, being the top dog is awesome, but you got to write a report if you want to get paid. BB King can help you with that. Go to antisiphontraining.com. Use the link in the description below because it's like a little tiny URL or something and it clicks, it counts clicks. Kind of like when you're getting on the train and the, and the guy's like, click, 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 click. It basically does that. I love anti-siphon training. I love the people at anti-siphon training. I love the training at anti-siphon training. I love John Strand. I love Black Hills. All right, enough with the gush. Um, just believe me when I say it. I absolutely mean it. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi, but more about them at the mid-roll. Guys, I forgot to... Uh, it's been so long since we did Worldwide Wednesday. I forgot I have committed to putting this link in chat here. I'm gonna drop this link in chat. It is for ACI Learning. Um, I'm actually doing, I'm actually being interviewed right after this show. So jawjacking is gonna be quick today, maybe 15 minutes of jawjacking. I'm gonna be interviewed for a series they're doing on how, get, get this, the topic is how CISOs blow their budget like uh, silly, silly donkeys. Uh, so basically the idea behind the show is like lessons learned. Don't make these mistakes when getting budget and blowing budget, um, for chief information security officers. But, but enough about that right now, guys, let me tell you, let me tell you this. Yes. You recognize that tune, don't y'all? I can't wait. This is my favorite. All right, guys, check it out. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SimplyCyber30, my promo code, to get 30% off your first month or first year if you decide to use it. Guys, 
I'll tell you a million times over, go for the free stuff first. But if you want it curated, if time is valuable to you and you want to hit it hard and hit it fast, ACI Learning is definitely an awesome platform. Daniel Lowry's content's on there. Um, it's just well-produced. It's learning paths, it's labs, it's practice exams. Check it out. If you're a veteran, I think you get 60% off. BSEC, how's that on the music? I don't know why I'm going to get grilled. Why am I getting grilled? All right, hold on. How's the music now, y'all? Because we're about to do this. We're about to do this. Hold on. B-Sex chiming in. All right, there we go. I'm going to set the clock to two minutes. Two minutes. And if you're new here and you don't know how this works, I'm going to ask you where you're at. You're going to tell me, and we're going to see if we can cover this map in two minutes. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Simply Cyber community, where are you at? Texas, Carrie coming in hot right out the gate. United States Online Canada. We've got North America fully represented. Boca, D.C., Nebraska. Mods, I'm going to need help with this one. Mont Holy Jesus. Hold on. Kenosha, Vermont. What's up, Green? I see you, Ireland, coming on, bringing on the uh, U.K. I like it. Virginia's in the house. South Africa. Thank you, South Africa, for bringing the continent of Africa online. Good to see you down there. What's up, Bahamas? I'll make a note to get back to you because that's a tiny little island. It'll take me a minute to find. Jersey, its own country, basically. <laughs> What's up, Delaware? Hey, good to see you. Sri Lanka's in the house. Let me bring Sri Lanka online. Hey, Sri Lanka, thanks for bringing us online. I'll call that Asia. Hey, what's up, what's up? Delaware's in the house. Va Beach is in the house. Go JMU. What's up, New York? Big Apple in the house. South Carolina, my man. Good to see you, Michelle W. I'm low country loving too. Turks and Caicos. Definitely bringing on the... Uh, uh, can I get Turks and Caicos? Turks and Caicos is so small, it's so hard. Bogota, Colombia coming online. What's up, South America? I see you. Hey, Philippines. Funky Monk coming in strong. Where's the Philippines? There we are. We got Pacific Rim. Funky Monk, I thought you were representing Australia. What's up, Colorado? Jesse Johnson will be happy. Thanks, Alana. Good to see you. France is in the house bringing on mainland Euro. Love it, love it, love it. The Republic of Jersey, that's right. What's up, Michigan? Jenny Housley's letting me know Australia came online. Very nice. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Guys, love it, love it. Romania's in the house. Where's Romania? Romania's way over here, aren't they? All right, we're going to do some cleanup. That two minutes is really literally the fastest two minutes in the show. Let's see how we did. Um, guys, you know, oh, Saudi Arabia's online. We're doing some cleanup here. Some cleanup. Guys, listen, I'm going, okay, Japan's here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't want to say it's even a limb, right? Usually we, we, sometimes we come hard. Sometimes we come light. But what I'm telling you right now, someone said DR. Okay, we'll put DR on the map. There's the DR. Guys, I'm saying we did it. I'm saying we did it. I I see North America. I see South America. I see Central America. I see Europe. I see South Africa. I mean, I see Africa. I see Middle East, Australia, and Asia. Guys, yes. Oh, Pakistan's in here to make Asia even stronger candidate. Yes, yes, yes. Well done, everybody. Well done. What can we do? Like, uh... 
I love it. I love it. I love it. My favorite two minutes. Thanks to ACI Learning for sponsoring the Worldwide Wednesday. Guys, just let this uh, sink in for a minute. Live in chat right now, people who it's their evening, people it's the middle of the night, people it's the first thing in the morning, some people West Coast are getting up super early. We as a Simply Cyber community are incredibly diverse. We bring amazing perspectives to bear on our cybersecurity industry. The networking is next level. You guys, awesome, awesome, awesome. Congratulations, everybody. All right. Now it's time to get to work. Uh, you know, having some fun is fun, but we got to do work too, right? So do me a solid. Uh, Haircut Fish has got his interview later today. Haircut Fish, you got this, buddy. You know you got this. All right, guys, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Musk sues disinformation researchers for driving away advertisers. The company formerly known as Twitter is suing the Center for Countering Digital Hate that researches hate speech on social media, accusing it of conducting a scare campaign to drive away advertisers. The suit alleges that the nonprofit violated X's terms of service and federal law by scraping data from the social media site. It accused the group of cherry-picking posts to make it look like the platform is flooded with hate speech and other harmful content in order to silence users. CCDH's CEO, Imran Ahmed, said, quote, Musk is trying to shoot the messenger who highlights toxic content on his platform rather than deal with the toxic environment he's created. Musk will not bully us into silence, end quote. All right. So, <laughs> God. I mean, there is an Elon emote um, in the de in the in the tray. If you are a squad member, you can see it and use it. Um, guys, here's pump up the volume for the podcast. You guys got it. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. So basically, here's what they said. Uh, Elon Musk is suing a company who said that they're basically highlighting the toxic content on Twitter, uh, which is driving advertisers away, which is at the end of the day. Costing Elon cash money, homie. And, at, you know, I, like I say it all the time on the stream, guys, follow the money at the end of the day, at the end of the road, at the end of the rainbow. It, it's 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 all about cash money. Business is cash money. It is capitalism. Uh, Elon is now suing this nonprofit in response to this, pointing out that they've cherry picked um, certain tweets or X's or whatever they call them, posts um, in order to make a essentially make a case on it being kind of a toxic platform, but uh, by and large, it does not represent the overall uh, vibes of all of the posts in their totality. So that's the claim that uh, X is making or Elon's making. Um, I don't know, dude. This is something that certainly, to me, to me, there's two things going on here. One, yes, I feel like there is toxicity and such on Twitter, but at the same time, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I'm kind of infosec Twitter, so my feeds are kind of curated. I don't spend a lot of time on the platform, so I'm not seeing a lot of this. Although I will say I have, um, from a misogyny perspective, I do see a lot of, um, not a lot, but I see more than anything in infosec Twitter kind of like, I, I, I don't know, how, like being like sexist comments against women in our industry, which I like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I don't understand. Like, it's like, 
I've never understood why people take those positions because it seems so um, simple minded and, you know, like, um, what's the word? Um, like, not idiot, but just like, like, like imbecile, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just dumb, just dumb. Um, but, but for the most part, I don't see the hate stuff, but I certainly know that there is a lot of, you know, I guess, quote unquote, far right type uh, perspectives going on right now, especially in the United States. And um, we'll see what happens to me at the end of the day. I feel like this is going to turn into. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I think this is going to turn into one of those where. Um, it's about it's about how much money can you back lawyers, right? So this is a nonprofit versus Elon Musk, the wealthiest person in the world, right? It's not fair. It's not it's not fair in a republic, right? For for that to happen. But again, now, like guys, this is tinfoil hat, Jerry. Where's my tinfoil hat, Jerry? If I had to guess, this is one of those ones where uh, whether there's merit on the case or not, um, the amount of the amount of financial support and backing that Elon's side of this argument can have versus a nonprofit, it's it's like a, 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 a um it's like a block of lead on one side of the scale and a feather on the other. You know what I'm saying? So I think, um, yeah, the reported wealthiest person in the world. Exactly. At the end of the day, he definitely has more money than a nonprofit, right? So. Uh, although the NFL National Football League was a nonprofit up until a few years ago. So, you know, nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean not well funded. But for this, personally, I think this is going to turn into a lawyer up kind of thing. We'll see. Um, we'll see. And, and by the way, I find it to be kind of a cop out. Um, and this is a personal take, not a cyber take. I find it kind of a personal cop out to say, like, oh, don't shoot the messenger. It's just a platform that allows people freedom of speech. We're not we're not saying one thing or another on the speech. Like that's such a cop out, dude. Like you can have policies in place that people on the platform have to follow. And for years there's been algorithms and you know automation and such in order to control those type of, you know, messages from either being deleted automatically or suppressed or whatever. So don't come at me with that, especially with AI, the way it is today. You can certainly have things, algorithms that do that. What's up, Brandock Gaming with the gifted subs? <laughs> Guys, if you... Did we just become best friends? Yep. If you are one of the lucky ones like Raymond, Rob, Dave, Leon, or Justin, who just got those gifted subs, giddy up on those and use those squad chats, uh, squad emotes. Thank you. Researchers claim cloud host facilitated state-backed cyber attacks. Researchers at Halcyon have identified an ISP named CloudZ providing command and control services to more than 20 hacking groups, including ransomware operators, spyware vendors, and state-sponsored APT actors. The company is registered in the U.S., but the researchers believe it is operated out of Tehran, Iran. The analysis of CloudZ's services unveiled two previously unknown ransomware groups and attack infrastructure associated with hacking groups tied to governments in China, Iran, India, North Korea, Pakistan, Russia, and Vietnam. Helsian said the ISP acts like a command and control provider while advertising its services as protecting user anonymity and does not appear to respond when malicious activity is brought to its attention. All right. Um, if I had to guess... Okay, if I had to guess, even though this is Iranian based, um, yeah, agree. 
agree, uh, Justin. And the good news, Justin, um, that's in Discord, so Discord mods. All right, hey, guys, check it out. Um, if I had to guess, like when we think of Iran, or at least when I think of Iran from a cyber perspective, I think of Iranian-based cyber threat actors you know, targeting Israel. I think of it, um, Israel and the United States going after um, the Natanz uh, uranium enrichment facility um, with Stuxnet back in the day and all of that. This one, even though it's Iran and it has to do with cyber, right? Cloud Z uh, supporting nation state APTs. To me, this is straight, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. This is just Iran. I don't know. It says Iran run. I don't know if it's a nation state run or if it's just an Iranian based company, probably state sponsored. But this looks like a straight cash homie thing. This to me, to me on the surface, by the way, I don't review these stories or research in advance. So you're getting my uh, raw take on these things. Um, this looks like what we call in the industry bulletproof hosting. So bulletproof hosting, if you've ever heard that term, is infrastructure that threat actors need to operate their campaigns, right? You need servers and you need, you know, C2 servers, you need backend infrastructure, you need to put, if you're X-filling data, right? You're gonna copy data off to sell later or to ransom or whatever. You have to copy it somewhere. You're, like Carl's not copying it down to his laptop, right? There is infrastructure needs. And because it's illegal, you can't just, you can't just go on GoDaddy and spin up some, or AWS and spin up some servers and run C2. You can, technically you could do that, but it's going to get ripped down pretty quickly, right? So that's not bulletproof. That's actually really, really fragile and brittle. So bulletproof hosting is what threat actors seek um, because it allows them to be bulletproof, right? And you see this a lot in Eastern Europe um, under Russian stuff, but uh, it looks like that's what Iran is offering here. Iran is offering bulletproof hosting for state-sponsored threat actors uh, or hacking groups, including 20 different hacking groups. And I guarantee you this CloudZ company was charging a tidy little sum of money in order to provide these services. Right, guys, at the end of the day, we, we look at threat actors and we're like, ooh, criminal and like bad behavior and like whatever. But this isn't... Um, this is this is 2023, right? Bond villains, Bond villains aren't like putting lasers on shark heads. They're about cash money. It's about power and money. And dude, how are you going to get paid? You offer services just like this one. So that's all that's going on here. You know, obviously, um, Halcyon discovered this, and you could see that China, Iran. India, North Korea, Pakistan, Russia, Vietnam governments sanctioned uh, Israeli spyware, um, which is kind of funny. The Israeli spyware. This, this, this definitely, I would suspect this has nothing to do with the story, right? <laughs> this is kind of tangential to the story because I don't know why there would be like Israeli spyware um, being involved like the Iran bulletproof hosting. Long story short, Threat actors need um, infrastructure. They are uh, providing it probably for money and it's been uncovered and I'm sure it's going to get taken down. And just like everything else, it'll get spun up somewhere else. Um, obviously, it said it was a US-based company or registered. That'll get taken care of. Uh, but if it's in Iran, they're not going to go anywhere. UK spy agencies want to relax burdensome laws on AI data use. 
UK intelligence agencies, including GCHQ, MI6, and MI5, propose weakening safeguards that limit training of AI models with bulk personal datasets, or BPDs. These datasets often contain sensitive info about large groups of people, most of whom are unlikely to be of intelligence and security interest. The agencies argue the surveillance laws place a burdensome limit on their ability to train AI models, which are needed to help analyze the vast and growing quantities of data they hold. Privacy experts have expressed alarm at the move, which would unwind some of the legal protection introduced in 2016 after disclosures by Edward Snowden about intrusive state surveillance. A leading privacy and surveillance expert, Ian Brown, wrote, quote, Data scientists' disappointment they don't get to play with all their wonderful new toys isn't a good justification for weakening fundamental rights protection, end quote. All right, so this is a privacy thing. Um... Two two things I want to say. One, like this this <laughs> this story title, like, oh wow, what a what a shocker! A spy, like it doesn't matter that it's UK. Spy agencies want to relax, like basically <laughs> privacy laws, right? Because that's ultimately what they're talking about. Because the AI data, they wanna they wanna use more data to train the models to make them smarter, to make them more useful. I will say um, two things. One. I don't know if this has come to light because GDPR is so effective, but I find it wild, frankly, to see a story where a powerful first world power spy, you know, like the spy arm, the espionage arm, the information gathering, the signals intelligence gathering arm of a first world power needs to like kind of follow actual protocols and policy around requesting law changes and stuff. I feel like, you know, every spy movie, every Jack Ryan novel, right? Like these spy agencies, just like these rules don't apply to us. We're clandestine. We're, we're dark ops. We're, we, you know, like we're above the law and we'll just do what we want. And to hell with the, you know, the peons and the bureaucrats. So I find this actually kind of refreshing that they're uh, willing to uh, at least go through the effort to, weaken the safeguards and do it uh, legally. Um, also good on uh, the UK for having these laws already in place around AI. One thing I've been railing on for like a month is um, there's some stories here and there about AI regulation and AI safeguards, but it's not moving at the same speed as AI. So little hat tip to the UK for having some AI safeguards already in place that the spy agencies are now trying to soften. Um, you can see here the data sets that they want access to jam into an AI for the large language model uh, is sensitive, could be sensitive, extremely large groups of people, most of them unlikely to be of intelligence and security interest. Here's the thing. I'm going to take this. This is like kind of the first story of the day where I can actually relate this to our day-to-day -day operations and stuff, okay? This is a reality. This is a reality. And GDPR people, Alana in chat is going to high five. Here's the deal. When, when anybody in the business, okay? And if you're, if you're um, looking to break into the industry, um, please he heed my words on this one. When anyone is setting up a new project or they want to do a new collaboration or they're all geeked up about some new initiative, new service, new product, wh whatever it is, if they need to put data somewhere to do something or they need access to data to do something, right? I don't care if it's personal data, 
you know, like telemetry from a system, whatever. It's it's far easier to say, give it all to me and I'll kind of figure out what I need because I don't really know what I need right now. Just give it all to me and I'll parse it out versus I need like, tell me what you need. I need this, this, this and this. Right. So like you see it a lot in healthcare and uh, population health data. Right. Because they're trying to run models on like how COVID spreads and how effective the vaccine is and all these other things. Like, for example. So you see it in 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 uh, healthcare all the time because they don't know what they need or don't need. And what they don't want to do is have to come back repeatedly and ask for more data because that's time consuming and it's burdensome. And frankly, to the project lead or the researcher, they, they don't have time for that. Right. Ain't nobody got time for that. But in reality, the problem is when you allow them all the data, then your risk exposure gets way higher because if that data gets breached, there you go. You literally, it, like, it, this is the reality of this risk assessment, okay, from a GRC perspective. You are literally massively increasing your risk exposure for no reason other than the convenience of the researcher or product lead. That's the, at the end of the day, that's what it is. They're requesting all the data for no reason other than convenience. And you're increasing your risk exposure by allowing that. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, people will start making power moves, right? Like say it's the CFO asking for this data and you're like, no, tell me what data you need. And the CFO like leans on you or gets the, you know, the CEO or the CIO, if you're a CISO reporting up to CIO to, to lean on you and tell you to back off or just give the data, which sucks, right? And that further indicates what the actual risk um, appetite is at an organization and what the governance really is at the organization. At the end of the day, governance is really just the attitude of the senior leadership of an organization. They define the tone at the top, which will permeate down through the organization. That's your GRC, more you know. Um, here, where's my more you know? There you go. There's GRC, more you know. Alana, let me know if you got any thoughts on that. Hot Topic falls victim to credential stuffing attacks. American Apparel retailer Hot Topic is notifying customers about multiple cyber attacks between February 7th and June 21st that resulted in exposing sensitive information to hackers. The company said hackers used stolen account credentials to access their rewards platform and potentially stole customer data. The company's investigation determined that Hot Topic was not the source of the credentials used in the credential stuffing attacks. Hot Topic said that it could not discern between unauthorized and legitimate logins, and as a result, it will notify all customers that had their accounts accessed during the cyber attacks. All right. Wow. Couple things here. Um, a couple things here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Jasper. Thanks, Leonardo Nunez. Couple things here. One, did not know Hot Topic was still around. Two, first of all, didn't know Hot Topic was still around. Second of all, can we? Can we just take a, um, if you're under 25, maybe under 30, Hot Topic was like the rage in the 90s, okay? Think like Blink-182, um, like Rancid, right? I mean, Rancid was really more punk, but just that scene. Um, by the way, shout out to Spencer's Gifts, which was like always right next to Hot Topic. Got, hey, gather around, children. All the olds want to tell you something. A million years ago, they had these things called malls. They were stores that were all together, and you would go to the mall to hang out, literally. 
this was before phones and internet and stuff like that. You would go to the mall. That's where you'd be cool. All right. And Hot Topic was all up in there with their cool band shirts. You'd get your Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction shirt there. Maybe you'd get like a spiked collar if you were really into like that goth scene that was hot for a minute. Um, okay. Uh, um, that's just like a little uh, yesteryear thing. So here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you three things. One, I didn't know Hot Topic was still around. Two, I didn't know they were so still around to the point where they actually have a um, rewards platform for people who spend enough money there. Um, that's stunning to me. Thirdly, and most importantly, they were a victim of a credential stuffing attack. Let me explain to you what a credential stuffing attack is. And if you don't know, this is another one of those like opportunity to educate uh, people. A credential stuffing attack is where you get creds from somewhere, right? Like a LinkedIn data breach, the RockU, um, you know, famous RockU password list, whatever. And you get a list of address, email addresses or login credentials or whatever, right? Or you guess them. It doesn't matter. And you basically try to log in. You try to log in with these different ones. You do not, um, you don't, you don't log in a million times on one account like Jack Scott Jax has got a Hot Topic account in this in this story, right? Jax is all into that. Um, you're not going to log in with Jax's account like with the entire Rock you text because uh, you, you might lock her account out. But the idea is that you you try, you know, diff, you, you, you're stuffing credentials in there to see if they work. And then basically, if you if you get a hit, then thumbs up, you mark it as yes, and you keep on going. Typically, you'll iterate through unless you're doing like a really targeted spear kind of spear phishing it's it's not spear phishing but if you're doing a target attack like you're looking for this developer's account or this vip's account right anyways you can't really prevent it because the platform is acting the way it's supposed to be the only way you could even hope to manage the risk of this like right off the you know shooting from the hip here is if you did some type of like geolocation like all right jack scott can only log in from the United States. But even that's dumb because maybe Jax travels to Vietnam or uh, Ireland or Italy or whatever, right? Now she can't get her, her, um, you know, her studded necklace or her, you know, um, I don't know, like Doc Martin boots or something because she's in Italy. No, no retail business is going to put in controls to prevent people from logging in. But unfortunately, stuffing attacks are going to be, um, you know, part of that, uh, you could see that once they were logged in, that people could steal customer information like date of birth, mailing address, etc., partial payment information, whatever. Um, the only reason I could see this being anything is a follow-up attack where you know the threat actors got the data dumped from Hot Topic, and now they're going to send like, oh, you're part of a class action lawsuit against Hot Topic or a class action lawsuit against. Um, Leechmere or Bradley's or, you know, what, what other like 90 KB toys, child world, like whatever, like I'm sure they would tie it to, um, things that a hot topic are interested in. So I don't know why hot topic was targeted in this instance, but it was, and there you go. And now a word from our sponsor, Opal. 
Opal is the data-centric identity platform. Identity is one of the last great enterprise frontiers. It's fragmented with legacy <laughs> architecture. Nice. Opal's mission is to empower enterprises to understand and calibrate access end-to-end. The best security teams from companies like Databricks, Figma, Blend, and Drata use Opal to build identity security for scale. To learn more, visit opal.dev. That's O-P-A-L dot dev. Oh, yeah. D-Crash with the Ames reference. Alana with the Jenko Jeans reference. I love it. Um, Raymond Cruz does bring up an interesting point. Nobody who's involved in this breach probably checks the email or the email's even legit. <laughs> Good point. All right, guys. I don't know if we have any first-timers here. Um, I didn't see hashtag first-timer, but if you are a first-timer, let me welcome you into the stream and let you know that we do this every day at the mid-roll. All right. Want to thank all of you for being here. We got halfway through the show and we're doing fantastic. We got 306 people today, which is close to our record. I think 308 is our highest uh, to date. Um, I want to thank all of you for being here. If you could do me a first time. Oh, hey, Jasper, first timer. Welcome to the party, Jasper. Hey, guys, if you're a long timer or a first timer, let me tell you this. Take a second and hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Jerry, that's so cringe. What are you talking about? Hit the like button. You want me to hit the bell for notifications too? No. Listen, if you hit the like button and enough of you do it, all of you search for cybersecurity content on YouTube. Let's be real. If enough people who search for cyber content hit the like button, it's going to say, oh, this show is a cyber show. People like it. Let me go tell other people on YouTube about this cyber show that people like. And that's how we get first timers every single day day showing up is because we're paying it forward to let somebody else know in the community that there is an inclusive supportive cyber show that adds value to them right here right now so please pay it forward hit the like button i want to thank the stream sponsors again barricade cyber anti-siphon training and panopsi security uh, i didn't i mentioned them briefly at the beginning but panopsi security delivers uh, amazing services to their clients, including a quantified risk assessment service. They'll come in and look at your people, process, and technology, and then look at your current security posture, look at your threat landscape, look at the size of your business and the industry you're operating in, stick it in a big black box, shake it around, and out comes a quantified risk assessment, which is a statistically sound Look at your organization and the likelihood of you suffering certain cyber incidents and the percentages of those. Then you can take that information to inform a one to three year roadmap on how you can maximize cyber risk reduction with respect to your human resources, your financial budgets, and your time. It's an amazing service. If you are in charge of a program and you're just like a rudderless boat going around in the harbor in circles, a quantified risk assessment is actually how you solve that problem. Check out Panopsi, links in the description below. Guys, I wanna tell you about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Every single day, we tag somebody in the community with the baton, and they go on LinkedIn and post hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge alongside their cyber story. Currently, IT40, AKA Chris Edwards, has the community baton. I hope Chris, AKA IT at 40 plus, is in chat right now and can tag someone. Stone Arrow's here. Stone Arrow posted his cyber story the other day. Many of you in the community have already done it. I think Jenny Housley told me there's over 100 people that have done it. Go online, all of you. Go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag, 
Connect with the people posting on it. Connect with the people commenting on it. Comment it on it yourself, and people will start connecting with you. Here's why. Within a couple weeks, your LinkedIn feed is going to be supercharged with supportive people. Your network's going to grow, and the feed that on your LinkedIn page is going to be valuable cyber content. If that is what you want, if you're just casual and you're here because you like the jokes, then don't do it, obviously. This is a tool that's at your disposable at your disposal if you want to use it in order to hypercharge your LinkedIn feed and make it valuable to you. Plus, I've said this on the channel a million times, and it's only when people experience it do they have that aha moment, but listen to me. Networking in the community is unbelievably valuable. It will deliver massive value, right? It's not like you do one thing and then you instantly see a result. You have to invest in your network, and I promise you, you will get returns from it. I promise you. Every single person that has broken into the industry will tell you the same thing. All right, who we got, Jenny? Let me know, Jenny, who we got. Tag it up, tag it up. All right, we're going to get back to the Simply Cyber Community Challenge in a minute, but let's keep the show rolling. I'll have to the tag somebody. targets Facebook if business IT40 accounts. doesn't show up. Researchers at Unit 42 have uncovered yet another phishing campaign designed to take over Facebook business accounts using a newly identified info stealer. The Python-based malware, dubbed NodeStealer 2.0, is believed to be of Vietnamese origin and is very similar to the NodeStealer variant identified and taken down by Meta earlier in 2023. NodeStealer 2.0 comes with crypto stealing and downloader capabilities in addition to the ability to fully take over Facebook business accounts. The campaign no longer appears to be active, but the threat actors are expected to continue targeting Facebook business accounts. These campaigns have inflicted financial and reputational damage and have propagated further attacks using credentials stolen from browsers. All right. Hold on one second. <clears throat> I'm just um, consuming this a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> All right. So a couple things here. No infograph, huh? <clears throat> Could have used an infographic here. All right. Two things to point out. One, the initial infection vector. So this attacks Facebook uh, business accounts. So if you're representing a business and they rely on Facebook, <clears throat> um, I'm going to share this internally at Haiku. Okay. Just so you guys know, Haiku does have a Facebook uh, business account. So I'll be sharing this. That's how you can operationalize this information. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the, the attack and how it looks is, um, let me see. Right here, advertising materials with businesses. Hey, I can two, I can 10x your your um your your click through rate on things, right? Like it's basically somebody posing, um, offering services to a business, right? And the idea is that they're going to convince someone who has access to a Facebook business account with some compelling offer to download a link from a cloud storage provider. And now it's a .zip file. I just want to point out really quickly, it doesn't say this in here, but this is another one of those opportunities where the .zip top-level domain that Google released a few months ago could be weaponized. Anyways, hey, check it out. I can 10x your profits. Um, check out this you know, packet. Let me show you whatever. You download a zip file. You, um, you unzip it. And then <clears throat> it doesn't say it in here, but you would have to execute the executable, right? Just just 
unzipping or unarchiving a zip file is not going to run code on your machine, right? You have to run the the info stealer executable, but I'm sure it's it says it's written in Python, so I'm sure it's some type of you know there's like a shell command you run or an executable that basically just calls Python. So if you don't even have <clears throat> if you don't have Python on the box, um, it might not run. Uh, it's quite possible that they brought a Python interpreter with them into the archive. I don't know. Uh, if you're interested in, if you're interested, here's two ways to operationalize this. One, at, you know, tell your business, especially the marketing team, because they're usually the ones who are running around on the Facebook business accounts. Tell them about this issue and tell them to be mindful. Two, if you're a malware analyst and you want to mess around, um, you can find this probably on like VX Underground, Malware Bazaar. Etc. You can study it, analyze it. You might find it on any run. Do not mess with malware if you don't know what you're doing. But there's plenty of courses out there. Um, Matt Kiley's Practical Malware Analysis and Triage on um, TCM Academy is an excellent course. Matt knows exactly what he's doing and can train you up on that. So if you want to play with malware, this sounds like a really interesting one to check out since it's an info stealer. And it's written in Python, which means that you don't have to decompile it. You can just Look at the source code, right? That's the beauty of an interpreted uh, language. <clears throat> All right. Uh, and the final thing I'll say here, um, I said two things, but I got a third one, which jumped out to me as a practitioner. This is the second story today. The Iranian C2 bulletproof hosting was the other one. This is the second one that mentions Vietnam as the source of cybercrime or of a threat actor. I don't know about you guys, but like, I don't hear Vietnam a lot. Um, I don't hear Vietnam a lot when when we're talking about, you know, nation state threat actors. Um, Vietnam's not really mentioned often in my circles, right? I might be wrong. Actually, I'm going to run a quick poll while we get the next story going. Uh, start a poll. Have you heard of Vietnam as a threat actor, as a you know state sponsored? Threat actor. I'm kind of curious because I always get this wrong. Not always get it wrong, but sometimes when you're not exposed to a ton of different practitioners and we have a worldwide representation in today's stream, I'm curious. I have not heard of Vietnam really representing. Uh, so I'm kind of curious what people think. Let's keep going. California agency probing into connected car data. The California Privacy Protection Agency has announced its plans to review the data privacy practices of automakers that produce connected vehicles equipped with data mining features from cameras and location sharing to web-based entertainment and smartphone integration. The agency's review will be conducted under the California Consumer Privacy Act and is the first such review in the U.S. where automakers have enjoyed a more lax data privacy environment compared to Europe. Privacy advocates have expressed concerns about connected vehicles for years, and similar reviews could be conducted in Connecticut, Colorado, Utah, and Virginia. Nearly Interesting. Okay, so, you know, basically California is the U.S. state that um, is closest to U.K., or is as close to European privacy as we're going to get in the United States, right? Um, and they're looking at connected car data. So when you think of data, you might think of your personal data, right? Your financials, your healthcare, social security, stuff like that. But we are just like emitting data all day, every day, right? Our phone knows exactly where we are. Our phone has, um, 
you know, physical sensors in it that knows if we're running, if we're walking, it knows who we're near because it can coordinate with other devices. Um, and, and car data, no doubt, is another piece of uh, data that, you know, you tell me, right? Do you own the data that your car um, emits or collects? That's actually a really interesting, I don't want to say philosophical question, but it is an interesting question for debate, right? If you're if you own a car, do you own the data it's creating? If you're leasing a car, do you own the data it's creating? You know what I mean? Like maybe I think you do, but at the same time, maybe you know if you're driving around in a Tesla, maybe you're 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 not you don't own that, right? You can't change the source code on a Tesla if you don't like it, right? So, it's interesting. Now you might think, but Jerry, who cares? Like what do I care about connected car data? Like as the story was playing, um, I was thinking like, how could I use this data? And by the way, data is the gold of our current society, okay? And if you don't believe me, we could have a discussion about it, but think of the wealthiest people in the world. What do they broker in? Data, right? So, you know, Saudi Arabia has got oil, obviously, but by and large, uh, big tech companies are super, super loaded. And one of the primary reasons is because of data. Now, how could you weaponize connected car data? Um, what I was thinking of is like, imagine if uh, car companies could tell like, hey, most people drive by this area and by and large, 80% of the time, the cars have a quarter or a tank of gas or less for some reason. Well, a Chevron, a Shell, an Exxon Mobil, they are they're like multi-billion dollar companies. They would pay quite handsomely to know where to stick a gas station, right? They're going to make their money back. What do they care? A Wendy's, a McDonald's, these fast food uh, conglomerate giants, they would love to know, you know, not where people like to stop and eat, but like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's ways to get it. Um, obviously, like to use the data for good city planners could see where congestion is and where, you know, stop and go traffic normally happens in order to optimize traffic. But, um, that's too righteous emission. So I'm sure that wouldn't happen. Cause you know, not a lot of money in that one, but, um, does auto cybersecurity exist? Oh, jazzy jazz. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. Guys, really quickly, since we're talking about that really quick, uh, Next week is uh, DEF CON. If you're interested, this doesn't have to do with car data, but DEF CON has a car hacking village. They've been doing it for, I don't know, maybe six years. Uh, if you're interested, it, it really blew up on the scene when Charlie Miller hacked the, um, the Jeep Grand Cherokee and was able to control it. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested, giddy up on car hacking village next week. Um, okay, next story. All modern CPUs leak data to new side channel attack. Researchers in Austria and Germany have discovered a new generic software-based attack dubbed Clyde Plus Power. The attack abuses the fact that some CPU components are designed to share data from different security domains and it works against devices powered by Intel, AMD, or ARM processors and applies to any application and any data type. The researchers achieved a data leak rate of 4.82 bits per hour, where the targeted application constantly accesses secret information and the attacker can directly read the power consumption of the CPU. Collide Plus Power's slow leak rate makes the attack largely impractical in real-world situations, but the research highlights potential <coughs> issues that could pave the way for improved attacks. 
Affected chip makers are publishing their own advisories for the attack under a signed CVE-2023-20583. All right. I mean, okay. Like, I hate to be like, uh, come on, man. But this is a vulnerability. It's a side channel attack, okay? And I know you can't see it because it's cut off on the screen, but a side channel attack means that you're, you're able to compromise a system, but not directly through the system, right? Um, and I know that sounds confusing. Rowhammer is a really famous example of a side channel attack. Uh, Dr. Kevin Fu out of Michigan and the Artemis Lab, he has some really interesting side channel attacks. Um, if you're if you're interested in the healthcare space, um, that's Kevin Fu, F-U. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean that that way, but yeah, Dr. Kevin Fu, uh, formerly of UMass Amherst. Woo, go Minutemen. Um, if you're interested in that type of stuff. Um, there's also been some really interesting side channel attacks of being able to read um, you know, a keyboard through a window across based on, um, you know, heat on the, uh, on the keyboard. Side channel attacks are really novel. They're very difficult to defend against like chip makers, but chip makers releasing advisories based on this attack. In my opinion, the chip makers are simply releasing advisories to say that they did something. It, there's not really much you can do. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Maybe you could interrupt, I mean, you, not interrupt, you could introduce some kind of like salt, which would basically be noise on the power line in order to disrupt the communications. Um, guys, here's the deal. I don't know if you saw this, but while you can basically look at the, here's the deal. When you're sending zeros and ones across a network, right? Or when zeros and ones are being processed by a computer, the zero and the one, it's, it's, it's like power, right? It, 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 like you flip the bit, power on, no power, power off. That's a zero, right? So no power, zero, power on one, right? A basic Boolean logic, okay? I'm, I'm oversimplifying the crap out of this, but you get the point, right? So the idea is that if you can watch the power consumption, you can consume it in a way that you can reassemble what is happening with the bits and bytes and then understand the architecture and then build it up to data. This thing is able to achieve a data leakage of four bits an hour, four point, let's say five bits. Let's round up. Dude, five bits. A bit is a zero or a one. Eight bits is a byte. You're not even getting a byte, a byte an hour. Do you like, you're getting like a byte every two hours, one byte. Okay. Like, the, like Commodore 64, right? If you want to take it way back to the 80s, like what's up? The 80s are on line one. They want their Commodore 64 back. That was Commodore 64 kilobytes. So it would take, what? I mean, like to get the entire Commodore 64, it would take something like 48,000 hours or something like that. Like this is, this is novel. This is interesting for reporting, but four bits an hour, come on. Like at that point, just steal the computer and crack it open, right? Like, like, what do you, like, this is not, I don't know. I don't, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad, but like, come on, man. Four bits an hour. Like, what are we doing here? Exactly. Thank you, BSEC. You're going to starve if you're getting less than a bite an hour. Num, 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 num.
health service staff reprimanded for WhatsApp data sharing. The Trust of the UK's National Health Service, or NHS, has been reprimanded for GDPR violations by the Information Commissioner's Office after it was discovered that staff had been sharing patient details on WhatsApp for two years. 26 staff at NHS Lanarkshire were part of a WhatsApp group entering sensitive patient data including names, phone numbers, addresses, images, videos, screenshots, and clinical information during the pandemic. The staff used the WhatsApp group to share the data without the trust's knowledge, and one non-staff member was accidentally added to the group, resulting in inappropriate disclosure of personal information. <laughs> the ICO said the patient data was entered into the app on more than 500 occasions and highlights the dangers of shadow IT. Shadow IT, also uh, referred to as unstructured, um, excuse me, unmanaged infrastructure, if you want to use a term that isn't like, um, you know, inside our, our industry, because if you're talking to someone in the business and they don't understand our language. Um, two things. One, like they point out that someone who wasn't part of the clinical group got added to the group chat. So first of all, which donkey added somebody to the group chat? Like, oh, come on, man. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Second of all, um, 500 instances. So that just basically probably means like 500 uh, chats back and forth. Uh, the WhatsApp group. This is this is a perfect example where the business wants to do something and they don't have a solution and InfoSec isn't helping them out. And they basically come up with their own idea and they use WhatsApp in this case. It could have been Signal. It could have been Telegram. It could have been iMessage. I know for a fact, okay, physicians, clinical care people, they don't think about protecting healthcare data. They're like, like, I, I don't want to get too into it, but like, they're like, listen, I'm all about clinical care. I'm all about patient safety. I don't have time for your rules. We're trying to share information here. We're trying to get the, um, the, the patient, the, the, the best care that the patient can get. Uh, and sharing this data is valuable and quick and all those things. But dude, like, it's just so short-sighted, right? Like you don't have, you definitely don't have um, a agreement in place with WhatsApp, right? Isn't that meta? Is WhatsApp meta? Like you don't have an agreement in place. So all that data is probably being mined, possibly, right? I don't know. Um, I don't know what the encryptions are. Again, someone can get added. If someone leaves the company, leaves the healthcare company, they're not removed from that WhatsApp group, right? There's no governance. There's no visibility. There's no, there's no privacy. There's no security. Like, it's just, you can't guarantee that, like, if I'm on this WhatsApp group, I can't guarantee, like, let's say, let's throw Nicole Hewitt under the bus here. Sorry, Nicole. Um, Nicole Hewitt's on the group, right? But Nicole's like YOLO uh, with her phone, and she doesn't have a pin on it. She doesn't have multi-factor on anything. So, like, someone steals her phone, boom, like, there's a compromise. All of that data is gone. Sorry, Nicole. Um, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason that we have management and governance over IT and the use of it. What? Okay, so what do we do in this case, Jerry? Uh, let me tell you. So, you should, well, first of all, you should have got in front of this and communicated to staff that this is not appropriate. Second of all, you should offer some type of solution even if it's 80% that solves for this problem. And third, you need management's uh, buy-in to reprimand people. Like, you know, this is getting reprimanded from government, but internal reprimands uh, on people who don't follow policy, frankly. 
And finally, like I said, I know clinical people that use iMessage all the time. Like I know, I know a dermatologist who like will literally like snap a picture with his or her phone of, you know, a skin condition and text it to another dermatologist for a consult, right? You could put it in the EHR, send it, you know, the way it needs to go, call that person, the other dermatologist, tell them to log into their system, tell them to look, or I can just flip you a quick photo. You can enhance, enhance, give your diagnosis over the phone and boom, you're back in business. And it's really convenient for the patient because they just wait like 15 you know, seconds and then they've got what they need. So convenience, timeliness, all these things are important to everybody. And that's why people you know, uh, that's why information security needs to work with the business or we're going to be seen as a, a problem, right? All right. And that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. And that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. Guys, uh, before you go out of here, I want to say 301 of you beautiful people. Um, just so you guys know, tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, we're doing Simply Cyber Live, but it's going to be a special episode. It's going to be a Simply CyberCon um, announcement and transparency updates. We've done a couple of these shows uh, leading up to Simply CyberCon. This is going to be our conference's inaugural event. It will be virtual. It will be November 8th. Go to simplycybercon.org. Uh, uh, Kimberly or Mods, can you drop a link to Simply CyberCon? Uh, go check it out. Um, I want to provide an update to everybody around the shirts, around the ticketing, around the speakers, around the keynote, around the events. Also provide an opportunity for the organizers to uh, contribute their parts. And um, just so everybody knows, we're now, at least I'm, since I'm kind of directing the event overall, my focus is now going towards the tech stack on delivery of the event. So are we using Zoom? Are we using, I know the Discord, like um, Aaron and Joel have been working on the Discord. I want to get into the details of transactional execution of the event from a technology perspective and make sure that we get that all sorted out. Come join us. Bring your questions. Have a good time. Super excited. It's going to be a fun one. Um, also, really quickly, um, we're going to close the poll really quick. It looks like ending the poll... Most of you are in my camp. 87% of you uh, did not know about Vietnam. So, yes, have a good one, Jack Scott. Be good. Uh, guys, if you're interested in uh, supporting the show, I do this uh, kind of at the beginning of the month. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, and more importantly, the, the, the funds that are recovered from this go towards uh, the newsletter platform that we have Um if you want 10 tips to get buy-in for your projects, cyber projects, and hashtag ad, support the show, click here. Okay? Oh, my gosh. Boom. This right here uh, is a link to an XM blog post. If you click on this link, in full disclosure... Simply Cyber will get, I think, a dollar fifty per click or something like that. Um, I do this kind of at the beginning of the month, every month, in order to uh, generate some revenue, in order to pay for the newsletter platform. So, if you're interested in supporting the channel, please click it. If you're not, that's cool. You're you're more than welcome to be here. Uh, I do like top tens, 
uh, lists. This can be very valuable if you're a director of IT, if you're a director of information security. Um, getting budget is a big deal, and the CFO always holds the purse strings, so you got to do it. So thank you for those who are uh, clicking on the link and supporting the show. Please check it out if you're interested in getting budget. Butler NA celebrating the super chat. Thanks, Butler. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Love it, love it, love it. All right, guys. I got just a couple minutes here, but if if you here, let me check my calendar. Classic me. Let me check my calendar and make sure because I got that uh, ACI learning. Oh, hey, I didn't know this. Um, I, I made a note here. So the Simply Cyber um, website, um, like for, for merch, I don't control it. It's like an outsource thing. But I made a note uh, starting today and I think for the next couple days, it's 20% off everything in the store. So if you're interested, if you're interested in getting, you know, an iHeart NIST or a Simply Cyber shirt, whatever, um, go ahead and, and get 20% off. Again, I don't control when these sales happen. I just know about them. So sharing that, if you're interested, um, I'm actually going to be buying like my aunt. When I went to Massachusetts, my aunts and uncles were like, why don't we have merch? And I was like, okay, like I'll get you some. So check it out. Um, all right. Now, uh, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. And I'm going to switch over to jaw jacking. And if it's your first time here, Jasper, this is what we do. Where's my jaw jacking? Yeah, let's move to jaw jacking. All right, welcome to jaw jacking. I'm going to play some Midnight since I've already blown out the copyright with with um Daft Punk today. What do we got, y'all? I hope you all had a great, great show, great day. Thanks so much for uh, Worldwide Wednesday. I loved that. Going to get a haircut uh, after my uh, interview with ACI Learning. Don't forget to rewind the tape. Exactly. Oh, Simply Cyber merch is on sale, too. Oh, I mean, Simply Cyber Con merch. Let me see. That would be huge. That would be huge. Um, yeah, look at that. It is, it's 20% off. So guys, if you want Simply Cyber merch, which I'm going to be buying a, <laughs> a bunch, um, also 20% off. Thanks, Kimberly, for that. Definitely appreciate that. All right, guys. So I want to do some jaw jacking and hang out, everybody. Thanks, Nicole Hewitt. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks, Take Notes. Great show. I appreciate that. You have a great day, too. Jasper, getting a haircut today as well. High fives, Jasper. Hope you come back tomorrow. Hope you had a great first first timer experience. Taylor McDonald, we're gonna have to have the midnight close the con with a live show. Oh my god, Taylor. That would be amazing. Oh I'm seriously considering, like not consider like I'm almost positive. I'm gonna get a tattoo right here. Um I've been work I've been I've been like working on getting a sleeve. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. I have tattoos. Uh, I know I seem like a clipboard carrying uh you know, scoop of vanilla ice cream, but like <laughs> I, I do have tattoos. So I'm thinking about getting a half sleeve from here to above my elbow. I have nerve damage in my elbow, so I can't get a tattoo there or I'll be, it, it would be the most excruciating pain ever. So from here down, and then I want to get uh, 
some lyrics from the Midnight put there. Very, very. Um, the Midnight has such a profound spot in my heart and in my life. It was very, very. Um, the Midnight was very important to me during my dissertation experience when I got my PhD. Thanks, Frank. Good to see you. I don't know if Sherry's here, but Sherry, hopefully you're still enjoying the show. Nerd, nerve, nerve damage, nerve damage. I fell down a flight of stairs. Seriously, I fell down a flight of stairs and uh, got nerve damage in my elbow. Brutal. And I, I actually fell. I didn't fall down a flight of stairs. I wasn't thrown down a flight of stairs. Yeah, exactly. Haircut fish. Jose Alfredo's asking what kind of sleeve. So I have um, a wife and two children and I want to get like, like my wife would be like a, a bear, right? She's like a mama bear, very protective of our kids. So I want like a grizzly and then my kids, you know, like Grayson's more like a fox, like smart, cunning, witty. Callan's like got a huge heart. I, I haven't figured out what Callan's animal would be, but basically it would be kind of like a sleeve of like animals, but they would be representative of my family. So I could always, you know, have them. Next had an interview yesterday and it went well, waiting for getting good news. Thanks for the interview tips in your video. Helped me feel a lot more confident. Yes, next. Way to go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, blink twice if you're under duress. <laughs> Thanks casually. Uh, getting the anti-possession sigil tattoo from Supernatural. All right. Yeah, you get the, the follow the white rabbit on your back shoulder. A little matrix action. Thanks, Nicole. Appreciate it. Oh, wow. I didn't realize this. Oh, hold on. We got to do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I forgot that. Um, let's do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thanks for the reminder, uh, Jenny Housley. Nicole Hewitt, have you uh, done the Simply Cyber Community Challenge? Would you like to take it on? Let us know in chat. Nicole Hewitt, I, I'd love to hear your cyber story. Let me know if you uh, are interested in taking the baton. I don't think you've had the baton before. I don't, I don't recall you having it. Thomas Forbes wants to know if my GRC course is the same on TCM as it is on my channel. Yeah, or uh, my school. Yes, it is, Thomas. Literally, the only difference between my GRC course on Simply Cyber School and the GRC course on TCM is that I get, you know, I get 100% of the revenue for buying the course on my school. I get 50% if you buy it on uh, Heath's platform, unless you use my affiliate code, and then I think I get 97%. So if you, if you want to buy it on TCM, <laughs> use my affiliate code, please. Uh, but that's that's the only difference. It has to do with the financials, not any of the content. Uh, Emmanuel's halfway through Google Cyber Cert, trying to finish the rest this weekend. You get after it. Uh, I've been actually asked by Google to do some cyber their Cyber Cert thing. I'm going to do that in September. I've been asked by um, ISC Squared to look at their uh, CC Cert. Which I plan to do in September. I've got a really big... Uh, meeting in September for you guys, September 7th. This is like, this is straight jaw jacking on September 7th. I'm going to hold simply cyber live event, except it's going to be like, like an announcement briefing. I'm going to be revealing a lot of information. Um, 
Oh no, Nicole. Really? I mean, I'm I, like getting divorced. I mean, sometimes that's you know that can be bad. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be getting away from something. But like, can't get it into your LinkedIn account. That sucks. If you have to, um, if you have to create a new LinkedIn profile, Nicole, believe me, you can use the Simply Cyber Community Challenge to supercharge growing that. Taylor McDonald. I'll tell you what, Nicole, when you get back into your account or if you create a new one, we will give you the baton that day. But today, Taylor McDonald. Taylor McDonald has got the baton if you got it, Taylor. Nice. Yeah, Black Hills Information Security's weekly webcast is fantastic. Guys, if you don't know Black Hills Information Security... um. They, oh my God, they are awesome. All right. They are awesome. 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 John Strand is kind of the leadership behind them. This is CJ. This is Bo Bullock. Um, this is Jeffrey. Um, they have Velda does Wild West Hacking Fest. Deb the Deb. De- um, Jason Blanchard. Like, dude, it's just, I love. Like, literally, if you guys don't know, here's Black Hills. If you don't know this. I, and this is going to come out in the big like announcement briefing that I'm going to give on September 7th. Black Hills Information Security, as far as I'm concerned, is inspiring to me and how I think about Simply Cyber and the mission of Simply Cyber and the direction of Simply Cyber and everything I want to do. They are, they are, and John is truly inspiring to me. All right. couple people dropped off which is good hey jesse johnson good to see you cool emmanuel i look forward to getting into it jerry what do you know about the company station x for courses and training so Groovasec, i know i can't say anything one way or the other i have not used station x i know the guy uh behind station x i think his name's nathan I'm pretty sure he came up in industry uh, on the industrial control side. I've heard people say good things about Station X. I know that they are supposed to have like um, some element that helps you get a job. Like like they'll do like career coaching and stuff. But I I can't say definitively one way or the other because I've never ex- I've never explored them beyond just checking them out. I can tell you about ACI learning though. I like ACI Learning. I like the people over at ACI Learning. 30% off with the code SimplyCyber30. All right, what else? So what's the live event you were talking about? Lyle Murden asks. So Lyle, we've got the Simply CyberCon this Thursday at 4.30. And then I've actually, I've reached out to some people uh, for interviews. Um, Alexi Ahmed, AKA Hackersploit is gonna come on the show. Probably in like October time frame. Uh, we got some core light engineers coming on. Um, who else? Neil Bridges. Um, we're trying to coordinate. Neil's like, <laughs> I asked Neil to come on. He's like, ah, I'm out of town. So we'll see what's up. But I'm trying to put together um, a great, a great um, calendar of interviews for everybody. Uh, I'm working my A off up here, trying to get get stuff sorted out. Um, just, just as a quick aside, right? Like production, programming, all all of it, like just going live, 
it, it's just one part of, of, of what it takes to put this all together. There's like scheduling and coordination and communication. And I genuinely appreciate, um, I want to say I genuinely appreciate the mods. Kimberly, Jenny, Justin, BSEC, Stefan, Eric, Joel, Aaron, like, it, it, you know, it, it takes a village, guys, but a lot of the programming, the scheduling of events, the coordinating with guests, the making of the graphics, the communications out to the community, the organization, the structure, pivoting when there's like, you know, disruptions, like, oh, like, you know, whatever, like a million different things. Like, it, it's a lot of work, but I'm really, really excited. And I can't, I'm really, really excited to, um, to, to brief you guys all on September 7th on huge announcements. Uh, some of you know some of it, but there's going to be big announcements. I'm, I'm basically going to hold a state of the state of the union address for Simply Cyber and what you can expect coming in 2024, what you can expect in the next 90 days, the vision, the values. Um, it's going to be, it's gonna, I think it's going to be big. ISC Squared and CompTIA are basically the same. Eh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's they have different certs, right? Uh, ISC Squared has, in my opinion, a larger like professional community that networks and coordinates and delivers value back into the, the network membership. CompTIA, I don't think, does that. Um, that's just one difference. Akil George, yeah, it is, it is super official. Oh, Butler NA, thank you. Cats offer emotional support. That's right. All right, guys. I'm going to call it. It's been uh, real fun. I can't wait. Same time tomorrow for the Simply Cyber Con Brief. Yeah, tomorrow is uh, 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll do the threat briefing like we always do on Thursdays. Tomorrow is Dan Reardon's meme of the week. Dan's also got a job interview today. Kill it, Dan. You got this, my friend. I haven't considered that casually, Joseph, but I'll certainly take it under uh, guidance. Uh, really quick, since this is near and dear to my heart, Jose Alfredo said, what would you do day one as a GRC analyst? Day one, I would absolutely try to get access to all the policies that they have and, you know, have a meeting with, you know, I guess the CISO or the GRC team lead. Two things. One, get briefed on like what their current GRC situation is, right? So policies is a great way to do that. Secondly, um... You, you should have already have done this, but meet with like your leader or the CISO and come in with like kind of a rough idea yourself already, but get a 90 day plan. Like, hey, like this, this will straight crush it for you, Jose. Hey, what? Oh, Kathy's here. Morning, Jerry. Yeah, exactly, Kathy. I'll see you very soon. I'm about to end the stream so I can uh, get ready for your stream. Um, here's the deal. Day one as a GRC analyst or day one as any role in information security, you should absolutely go into your boss's or the CISO's office and be like, hey, listen, super pumped to be here. Can't wait to get cracking on work. Tell me what your biggest pain points are that I can help solve for you. I want a 90-day plan that I'm going to crush for you, right? 
Don't put the work on them to define a really structured 90-day plan. Just get them to list their top pain points because they hired you to solve pain points, right? Get those high-level points, then put to get, like put your thoughts together and come up with a strategy and an execution path on how you're going to achieve those goals and then fire it back to that boss later in the day. Because by the way, your first day, you're not going to have a ton of work. You're not going to have any meetings, maybe a team meeting, whatever. Put that all together and send it. They're going to love they're going to love seeing that. And oh by the way, you have to execute on it so make it realistic, but by doing that, you're going to be delivering value immediately. Yeah, first 90 days, Sean knows what's up. Yeah. Episode on insurance policies. Yes. All right, Kathy Chambers. No, Bernie Bernie uh, Mac. Kathy is um Kathy is, I don't know Kathy's exact title, but Kathy is the, the herder of cats of, of InfoSec, uh, <laughs> of InfoSec people. And, uh, she works over at ACI learning. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm doing a interview with ACI learning for a series they're putting together. And basically the topic of discussion that I'll be talking with Kathy in 30 minutes about is how to not like mistakes and lessons learned that CISOs make on basically blowing their budget. There's all sorts of things, right? There's the color of money. There's, you can burn money, which is actually a real thing, right? You can shoot yourself in the foot by asking for too much budget and not being able to spend it. You could shoot yourself in the foot by like buying like some next gen tech with your entire budget and then not high, <laughs> not having any left over uh, for staff. Uh, there's just a lot of like, Ooh, that's a burn. Like there's just a lot of burns. Uh, and the whole point of the talk with me, Kathy and Sophie is basically, so you can listen to people who have made mistakes in, (laughs) in their 20 year career and not make them yourselves. That's what's up. Kathy is the leader, leader for edutainers for it pro. Yep. Good morning. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, very, very kind of you, uh, Kathy. All right, let me send you guys out with... Um, let me send you guys out. What would be a good song to send out? Oh, Brooklyn Friday Love. You know what? I do love that. It's such a such a fun song. Ready? Be good, everybody. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. August 2nd, Worldwide Wednesday was a success. Be good, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Cheers. They're hooking up at the unisex bathroom. It was Brooklyn. It was Friday. It was love. Across the bar sat the hip-hop purist, arguing with the jazz obscurist. And in the corner were the terrified tourists. Brooklyn, Friday love. Angel choirs on the corner of all nights And Johnny Cash and Jackson 5 A little heaven you can stumble into We got your invite tonight Mississippi and La La Land The new wave hippies and the pop goth glam It's just cause parents don't understand
it was Brooklyn, it was Friday, it was love.